0: chapter 32 I've asked folks for years if I should keep doing notes and they say sure because they can't understand my talking so they can understand my notes better but uh, it's helpful for me to know when to start and when to stop and I hope it's helpful to you in some small way I don't preach much out of the Old Testament because I wasn't raised in a pastor's family and I get saved till I'm 30 but I do like studying in the Old Testament a lot and I'm still learning and growing and this particular text tonight, Deuteronomy 32, is of course, um, in my Bible, it's called Moses' song. This is his uh, final message or song to the people of Israel, and he's about ready to pass the mantle on, mantle of leadership to Joshua. And so he writes this song, it's recorded for us, this song. Now, you understand, in Hebrew, it would probably make sense as a song, but you and I are reading it after. The Hebrew has been translated to English, so it's a little, it doesn't come across as a hymn to us, but it is it is to them. And so uh the title here of the message is Consider Your Latter End. And you'll see in verse number 20, and he said, I will hide my face from them, I will see what their end shall be. For they are a forward generation, children in whom is no faith. And then if you look down in verse uh 29. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, and that they would consider their latter end. And so I start out by asking the question, when you are 90, will there be anything that you will regret? Have you considered your latter end? I'm not talking about the end that you're sitting on. I'm talking about the end of your life. Will you have any regrets? or Will you have any things that you wish you had done you know I've always thought that each believer and pastor can check me on this tomorrow but I've always felt that each believer is a type or a picture of Israel Uh, you know when God saved us we became his children and when God saved us we really fell in love with his law and he gave us a new life And when we got saved, we weren't so connected to this planet Earth as we are connected to the better country that is to come, and that's happened. And so I look at this, and I look at where the Lord has placed us. Less than 5% of the world's population live in the U.S., which includes us. And what percentage of that are saved people? And so you can see there's really, really, really a slim chance that you and I even ended up here. But in his grace and his goodness, he's saved us, and he's uh, keeping us secure, and he wants us to learn as much as we can. Uh, believers like Israel, they rise and they fall, and they sometimes they backslide, and uh, sometimes there's a lot of pressure. Israel's been in the news a lot in the last week. Pastor's airplane ticket to Gaza is getting cheaper and cheaper as the days go by. But it's a scary time over there. Uh, I think the number of Palestinians that have died are over 200. And you got to realize that every time one person dies, about 100 people are affected. And I think there's, I don't know how many Israeli people have died, but it's, it's, it's a hot time and a dangerous time and a delicate time. And believers, you and I, like Israel, we get attacked all the time from all sides. I mean, who likes an outspoken Christian? Just go downtown and try it out. Stand on the corner there by Cubbies or whatever that place is, and take your Bible out and start preaching. See what happens. I mean, we are we are shunned and we are made fun of and we are mocked, and that's why I think there's a, a, at least a picture in our lives about Israel. We we are somewhat like that. And that's just me. That's my take on that. I hope I'm not wrong. But one thing I've noticed is, is that God is very merciful with his people from generations, from um, Genesis all the way to Revolution. <laughs> revelation? When, I, when my kids were little, I used to always call it Revolution, but it's Revelation. But from Genesis to Revelation, we always see the mercy of God. And when Moses gave this charge to these people... I don't think all of them were well-behaved individuals. I think some of those were rascals that just barely survived and barely made it along with him. And I think when he gives them this warning about living right and doing right when you get in the when you get in the promised land with Joshua as your leader I I want you to behave. And so he gives them three things I think that uh that are stern reminders to these people as they enter into a a new land and a new life, and that is to watch out for pride. That's Roman numeral one, because Israel's pride led to their own punishment. Israel's patriotism was lacking. We see that in verse 28, and then we'll end with the poison that comes from being in the wrong place and hanging around the wrong places. The poison really is when Israel embraces too much of the world's ways. And just like Israel can be impacted by the world's ways, you and I as believers can be impacted by the world's ways as well. Now, Pastor and I didn't plan this, but tonight he sang the song, The Solid Rock. Nine times in Psalm 32, we see the word rock. I thought that was very interesting. Oh, the Lord's giving me a preview here. But I'm going to show those rocks to you and then I'm going to go ahead and pray and we'll see what we can learn tonight, okay? Look at verse 4. He is the rock. Now, when you see rock capitalized, it's a reference to Jehovah God. His word is, his work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. If you look over at verse number 13, now here we have the rock mentioned twice, but it's a small r. He made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Now that could be, and I just say this as speculation, that could be a reference to the word of God itself because, you know, we get our honey from the rock and we also oil being a picture of Holy Spirit's ministry. It could be, it could be a picture or a type of the Bible. I'm, I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that. Jump down to verse fifteen. But Jeshurun, now uh, my research taught me that Jeshurun means blessed, and Jeshurun is a symbolic name for Israel. It's important that you see that because otherwise, you won't catch who's being written here, who's being written to. So think Israel when you see the word Jeshurun. But Jeshurun waxed fat. I really got convicted by this verse because it mentions fatness three times. And so I almost wept bitterly after reading verse 15. Let me read it. But Jezeron waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen and fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God. that He would be Jezeron or Israel, which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Capital R. So this is Jehovah. Look down at verse 18. Of the rock that he begat thee, thou art unmindful. They've forgotten about Jehovah God. They've forgotten about their Father. And has forgotten God that formed thee. Jump over to verse number 30. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock had sold them? Interesting phrase. And the Lord had shut them up. Verse 31, we see the the small r rock and the capital rock. For their rock, it will be the rock of... Uh, people who had given up on God, the rock of the enemies, for their rock is not our rock. They, they were worshiping a different God. They were following a different leadership. There were some in this great crop of people that were not as obedient as they could be. Some of them probably even um, were not truly followers of the way, followers of the Lord. It says in verse 31, For their vine is of the vine of Sodom. And then look over at verse number 37 for the last reference of rock. And he shall say, where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted. So this Psalm 30 or Deuteronomy 32 is a is a song, if you will, from Moses cautioning and warning the people of Israel to be careful of their latter end, to be careful of the mistakes they might make because when they get to the end of their life, they might have some sorrow. So that's, that's kind of the setting here. Now we'll see if we can get going. Before I get into, uh, verses 26 and 27, there are 10 characteristics of backsliding. And Moses did not want the people to backslide when they got to the new country. He wanted them to behave. That got alliterated by accident. Okay. It's better to behave than to backslide. But if you look in verses 15 through 20, we'll see some of these characteristics for backsliding Israel to be careful of. Look at verse 15. But Jerusalem waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook. There's a sign of backsliding. When we forsake God and when we lightly esteem the Lord and lightly esteem the rock of his salvation. Verse 16, they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. Verse 17, they sacrificed unto devils and not to God. To gods whom they knew not. To new gods that came newly up. Whom your fathers feared not. I read one time there's over 3,500 false gods and they're creating new ones every day. It's just crazy. Our our country is guilty of a lot of this. Look at verse 18. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful. You don't have the Lord in your mind. You're not thinking about him as commonly and as often as you should be. You have forgotten God that formed thee. Verse 19, and when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward, and that's just kind of a fancy word for pride, they are very froward, a froward generation, children of whom is no faith. Now, I I don't know about you, but that's one thing I don't want said about me is that I had no faith. (laughs) I want to operate by faith until I die. And sometimes it's a bit scary operating by faith. I'm still one of those guys that doesn't mind taking a chance and knocking on a door and challenging somebody with the gospel. And uh, I do that in faith. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, yesterday, one of the house movers that moved Eddie Waldner's house, he he got lost in the trailer park. And I could see he was lost, so I, I chased him down in his big truck. He was a big old ape, big guy. And I chased him down, and I had Micah with me. He said, Micah, said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Leave him alone. Don't don't bug him. I said, Mike, I just want to help the guy. So finally when I got up to this guy, I said, hey, I bet you're looking for the Waldner home, aren't you? He said, yeah, probably. I said, follow me, I'll take you to him. Now, anytime you step out in faith and step out of your comfort zone, it's a little intimidating because you're not sure what might happen. But it's important that we not become children in whom there is no faith. And then look at down at uh, verses uh, 28 to 33. We see more of this. In fact, this is where we're primarily going to be camped tonight from verse 26 on. Um, Let me start in verse 26. I said I would scatter them into the corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say our hand is high and the Lord hath not done all this. For they are a nation void of counsel these these would be the the people that captured israel and the people that are trying to torment them and these are the enemies of israel they're a nation void of counsel neither is there any understanding in them and uh i don't know how you see the media but i look at the media and i say man this pictures them pretty well they don't seem to understand us believers at all they just seem to lack understanding of our of our what our nation really needs Oh, that they were wise, it says in verse 29, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. Some of these people would think about the damage they're doing to our country. They would probably reverse course. How should one chase a thousand and and two put 10,000 to flight except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? For their rock is not our rock, even as our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom, and the fields, and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall, and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons, and the cruel venom of asps. Roman number one, Israel's pride led to their own punishment. Their enemies scattered them. Their enemies scattered them. And as a result, Moses is saying, if you're not careful, you will lose your strength and you will lose your will to survive as believers. You will lose your faith and you'll end up swallowing back into that humanism and that worldliness. And he says, "Uh, watch out that you don't become proud because if you do, not only will you be scattered, letter be your enemies cause their testimony to cease. The testimony of the believers would be rendered ineffective. And the same thing will happen to our country when pride enters in. Pride cometh before a fall. That is true individually. That is true collectively as a church. And it's true nationally as a nation. When our nation becomes arrogant and proud and self-sufficient and we just become braggatocious and give no glory to God, watch out. Pride cometh before a fall. I've always thought it was interesting that the center letter of pride is the letter I and the center letter of sin is the letter I. But be encouraged, the center letter letter of revival is I also. So uh, it's possible for God to still revive his people and to still work with the remnant that wants to be faithful and wants to be true to him. So under Joshua's leadership, folks, don't become proud. That's the message. Second message or second warning to the people of Israel was to watch out for your lack of patriotism. Israel's patriotism was lacking. They are a nation. You see where we get the word patriotism? They are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. They became a nation letter a they became a nation void of counsel they would not listen we're we're living in a day an age where talk shows are giving all the counsel to most americans not a good place not a good place to get your counsel from talk shows okay and uh but our problem is it's not that there's not a multitude of counselors is that we have so many counselors that don't know the word and when they don't know the word, you're getting more psychology than you are theology. And the need is really theology. Now, psychology may help in some specific cases where there are serious mental issues. But for the most part, theology is the need. Now, patriotism, it's interesting. I, I was wondering what the dictionary would say that patriotism is. Most of us, we think patriotism, we think, oh, that must be the American flag. Or that must be somebody in uniform. That's patriot. That's, that's a patriot. Well, patriotism is simply one who loves his country. One who loves the inheritance they were given from God. Somebody who is loyal to learned values is a patriot. Now, before I went in the army, my mom and dad challenged us to go to Sunday school and learn the Ten Commandments. I I, I can't memorize, I haven't memorized them. I'm sorry, West Sunday school class just didn't help me enough to memorize all of them. But I know the principles, and I know several of them. But having learned them as a young tyke, 8, 10, 12 years old, has kept me out of jail, has kept me from killing anybody. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, honor your mother and father. This is an inheritance that we get in our country, and it's an inheritance we can be proud of. Uh, Jeremy and I were sharing with somebody, Jeremy will tell me who it was, the other night, and we talked about the importance of putting your child in church. Now, these people haven't been coming, but I said, you need to put your child in church. Do you know that only 2%? No, how's how's it going? 2% of everybody that's incarcerated, only 2% went to Sunday school and church. So the other 98% that are in jail never learned these basic principles that they could have got when they were in elementary school about behavior. And these are the kinds of things that make us patriotic. It's okay for a Christian patriot to say pledges on Sunday morning in Sunday school. That's good because those little verses, those those pledges that we say, they become ingrained in the child's mind. And he begins to think about those when he starts going down the wrong road. I hope, there's a part of me that says it's too late, but I don't want to be in a nation that is void of godly counsel. In the multitude of counselors, biblical counselors, there's wisdom. And we need that. Secondly here, letter B, uh, they became a nation void of understanding. The enemies of Israel have no understanding. They're not going to comply with the principles of God's word. Now, it's important that you understand. I've I've echoed this theme for many years. I keep doing it. We have three aspects here. We have knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. It's important that you know that they're not the same. There's knowledge first. Knowledge gives us understanding. And then we have wisdom. Let me illustrate it for you. If I told a little girl, three years old, that the coffee pot is hot, don't touch it. She now has knowledge. Okay. If I show her that the coffee pot is hot and, and I have her touch it with her fingers, now she has understanding. Okay. When she doesn't go near the coffee pot and doesn't, and keeps her fingers safe, now she has wisdom. And that's the way it works. God gives us knowledge first, and then we look at that knowledge and we say, Oh, you know, we kind of test it. Yeah, God's right. And then when we get away from it and don't even hang around that foolishness, that's wisdom. And that's what Moses wanted for the people of Israel, and that's what God wants for us. And and we don't want to become void of that. I want so much, you know, I've got three married daughters tried our dead-level best to give them knowledge so that they would have understanding, so when they got older, they would make wise choices. Now, they didn't always succeed. But they're not in jail, and they're not dying of cancer. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. And they're, they're for the most part, they're all still in church. They're not shining stars in the church. I, I've got one daughter that's a pastor's wife. I've got another daughter that's, she's a bookkeeper and a, you know, RV place, and I have another daughter that loves carpentry, but right now she's homeschooling her three little kids. And she goes to the jail once a week, and she talks to the lady inmates about how to behave and how to live for the Lord. And I think when a nation forgets our roots and forgets our patriotism and how important it is, then I think we're in trouble. When the football, NFL started not respecting our flag... I just wept over that. That grieves me. It hurts me. Because if there's no respect for the flag, pretty soon there's going to be no respect for the Bible. There'll be no respect for the church. So we need to be really, really careful here that we don't lose our patriotism and our loyalty to some learned values, okay? We want to love our country. We want to love the inheritance that God gave us. And the last one here... (coughs) Oh, I forgot the little note there. The same thing will happen to us. That's the U.S., No pun intended. Same thing will happen to the United States when we abandon God and his word. We must learn to love it. We must learn to teach others to love it as well so we don't backslide into being unpatriotic. And the third of Israel's problems was uh, some of the poison that they took into their system. And right above the word poison, I have the world's ways. I just wrote that in. Because what happens is we end up getting... Wrong information from the wrong crowd and then we end up in trouble. Their rock, letter A, was not the rock of ages. Look at verse uh, 31. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Um, Good people have imprisoned themselves themselves by not going to the right rock. Um, believe it or not, we have relatives whose last name is Rock. We have some rocks in our family. But uh, there are people, when they, when they abandon the, the rock of the Bible, when they abandon Jehovah God as their rock, they actually imprison themselves and end up with a latter end that is not very glamorous and it's not very glorifying to the Lord. Um, their vine, letter B, was not the vine of grace and blessing. But look what else, look what they get in verse 32. Instead of, instead of grace and blessing, they get gall and bitterness. For their vine is the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cool venom of asps. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures. Now, in the conclusion here is that we've got to, as a as individuals and as a church and as a nation, we've got to stay focused and we've got to prior prioritize. We dare not forget our latter end. We dare not forget the future. Because the future is ours to kind of um, work with. It's ours to pray about. Uh, the future is important to me not for my sake but for my kids and grandkids. You know I think man as messed up as the world as it is what's going to be for my little grandkids that are eight, 10 and 12 years old. And so for their sake, I have to be concerned about the future. It's important and i don't want to i don't want my kids and grandkids and i don't want the church people to spend our life chasing after little things little things <laughs> somebody had written that 300 whales beached themselves following a school of sardines i think that's hilarious because here we are a whale of a country we're chasing after little stuff And as a result, we end up getting beached and lose our life. But uh, I don't want to lose my focus, and I don't want to not prioritize the Word of God in my life. Uh, I have a list, and I'm sure your pastor has a list, of fallen preachers. These were preachers that attended church more than you have. These are preachers that went to good, well-known Bible colleges, and they went to good, well-known seminaries. And today they're in jail. Some of them. They're selling cars. Some of them. Some of them have ended their lives. And it's it's heartbreaking. And the reason it's heartbreaking is because we've forgotten God. We've corrupted ourselves, verse five says. And and what happens when we corrupt ourselves is we lose our relationship with the lord we lose our position in his grace and his goodness we end up falling into sin that tarnishes the church and tarnishes our family and tarnishes the whole country eventually i don't know if that's what you get out of deuteronomy 32 but as i was doing my bible reading last week i said this is something that i need to share because i'm a little afraid that our country is following that path of destruction and uh we need to pray hard for America and we need to pray hard for our churches and we need to pray hard for for the believers that you know and love because our latter end and their latter end might not be so pretty if we don't, okay? So that's my challenge for the evening. I hope it was helpful. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll let you go. Father, thank you for loving